So we all know the story of Noah. He built an ark for 120 years. And when people came by, he said that because people were doing evil in the eyes of God, God is going to bring a flood. And nobody, nobody believed him. He was like the guy in Times Square holding a sign saying, the world is coming to an end. Uh, compare that with Avraham, who, you know, used to invite people for a meal and had a tent set up in a crossroads. And people would say, wow, let me thank you for this meal. And, and Abraham, Avraham would say, no, don't thank me. Thank the one who, the source of all this food. Thank God. So you see, Noah was not very successful. He wouldn't have been hired by Chabad as a, as an emissary or shliach, he wouldn't have been hired by Eshet Torah to do outreach. That's our assumption of Noah, correct? Well, Medrash Tanchuma turns this on its head. And that's why this is entitled Medrash Tanchuma Noah, a.k.a. Bill Gates, Henry Ford, and the Wright brothers. Because the Medrash tells us that actually Noah was the biggest innovator of, of his generation, the biggest high-tech genius of his generation. He innovated all kinds of agricultural implements to greatly boost the yield of agriculture to the point where people didn't have to work. It changed civilization and also Noah was blessed because God found favor in his eyes and, and crops that were, you know, that people were trying to grow actually grew as opposed to before Noah when you would grow one thing and get something else or get weeds. So he completely revolutionized the entire world. He was known as the guy who, who changed everything. And so it's not the case where people found this old man building a ship. It was a kind of, it was a case where there was nobody more potentially persuasive, nobody who would potentially have the answers to what's gonna happen, nobody that was trusted as much because of the great innovations he brought in society. So now the question is, once the Medras turned this upside down, so why wasn't Noah successful? Comes along another Medrash, which seems to contradict this first one. Very interesting. This Medrash says that at the time of Avram, and Avram was known to argue with God, try to save the people of Stom. So Avram said to God, you know what the problem was in the generation of Noah? There's, there's something that God builds into the universe, a very common theme in the Medrash, where because of adversity, because of things, setbacks in life, people have the potential to learn and grow from that and question their ways and better their ways. That's the way the world works. But Avram said to God, but that wasn't in place at the time of Noah. They had no idea. They had no clue that you were upset about anything. They had no clue that they were doing anything wrong, right? The Torah describes them as their, their main sin being stealing and all kinds of things that they did. But how would they know that God was upset? There was no system of adversity. Nothing bad happened in their life to trigger them to think, oh, God is upset. Maybe I should rethink this. Maybe I should do better. Maybe I'm acting immorally. So here you have these two Bedrashim coming at each other. One is saying that they didn't have any idea that anything was wrong, and, and the other one is saying that Noah was the most compelling person to find spiritual guidance from. And of course, the answer is that these two clashing midrashim actually add up to 
free will. They counter each other so that people had free will. That even though there was a compelling person like Noah with this message, there was also life cycle where things seem to be going okay. Why should I question anything? Ironically, it's Noah himself who comes along and after the flood, he wants to drown out his own sorrow and so he brings with him uh, the grapevines and grows first time grapes and bring alcoholism into the world. And this comes to another fascinating midrash, which I want to read to you. If, uh, and it says that uh, when Noah was planting the vineyard, the Satan asked him, what are you planting? And he answered, a vineyard. What is it? Asked the Satan. He, well, from this produces wine that causes the heart of man to rejoice. So Satan said, come, let us be partners in this vineyard. And so the Satan tried, started to water the vineyard and he slaughtered a lamb, a lion, an ape, and a pig. Why? Because when you start drinking, you believe, you know, you drink moderately, you believe in yourself as, you know, being strong as a lion. As you, as you start to drink too much, then you start to act like a pig. And then you get, uh, then you act, you know, you're completely lose it and you're, you're an ape. Uh, so you start out as innocent as a lamb, confident as a lion, and then an ape, and finally a pig. So what do we have going on here? There's a great irony going on here because, because of Avram, as I said, he implemented into the world, starting the time of Noah going forward, a whole system that we all live in today where we're being constantly tested and that has the potential for us to grow spiritually and morally, to question our deeds and do better in life. But how do you counterbalance that? How do you, re, how do you bring back the free will, just like we had mentioned before? So ironically, it's Noah himself who brought back the free will because he brought alcoholism. So when there is an adversity in people's life, what do they do? They have the potential, instead of that being lessons learned, you can just drown it out with alcohol. Drown your troubles. Don't think about it. Don't learn from it. Don't grow from it. Don't change from it. So once again, God is restoring free will, ironically, because of Noah himself, who was originally advocating that people should change their ways. Have a great Shabbos.